Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good evening, my friend Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to part 28 of our weekly podcast, The Current View with the Idle of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. How's things, TC? Well, not too bad, but obviously that, that uh, result at weekend was a bit of a shocker for me, that, uh, the 5-0, you know, two, te- two steps forward and one step back, you know, so... Other than that, not uh, not too bad. I work now on a on a Saturday, and I I didn't hear the scores coming through. And when I got in my car and I, I turned it on, and the final results have come on, and it come you know Sheffield Wednesday nil. And I thought, you know, when they when when they're broadcasting a result, you can always tell when yeah. it, it's like you can, can't you? So I knew I knew Sheffield had lost by the way that he. He spoke the result. When he said five, I thought, my God, what's happened? Was the goalkeeper blindfolded or did, were they down to nine men? It was That was just a freak result, even with ten men, wasn't it? Well, I think the guy has done a reasonably good job with the players he's got. You know, uh, I don't like really talking about when because it, 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 yeah. when you're a big supporter of them, you know yourself when you do it, we... Uh, we, we Birmingham and you start mentioning Aston Villa the, yeah. you know and it's the same thing if you just talk about a team and you say well he's not good enough or they're not good enough or he's, that, mm-hmm. that manager's not good enough it does cause a lot of unrest in, in club and I think if you're a supporter team you've got to get behind them yeah. you know but I'm like you if I you know if I, if I say another team what plays well and another player what plays well then then I'll praise them but in general I try not to, to uh, go too deep into to, to Wednesday because you know um yeah, I can see there's a lot wrong there, mm. but I still think he's done a reasonably good job there with the with the players he's got. You know, uh, the struggle for the season before uh, before Bruce come in under Josh, and uh, he's taken it on um, and kept the memento, momentum going. Uh, what Bruce had uh, started off before he left to go to Newcastle, so, but. I could see that type of result coming at some point, mm. you know. I just, uh, and I'm frightened to death. Well, I'm not frightened to death because it will come. Derby County's uh, just had the uh, big problem come come towards them. No doubt it'll come towards us. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Gary Monk. I mean, obviously, uh, being a former Birmingham City manager, and, you know, the criticism that was levelled at Monk is that he didn't play particularly expansive football, but he organised them. He got his team working for each other. And he was a little bit like Gary Rowett, but probably slightly more offensive than, than Gary Rowett. But I think both of them are good young managers. And I'm sure, given the right ingredients, he will turn Sheffield Wednesday round. And I think you're still in order around the, the, the top six. And, and I hope they don't give you a points deduction. I'm a big believer if you are going to get a points deduction, <coughs> it should be the beginning of the season and not during the season. I mean, you, you spoke about this last week, yeah, didn't we you, did. about, the, 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 uh, about yeah. this beginning of the season or end of the season. I mean, he, he has changed his way a little bit because at, at Swansea, when he took over from, he kept that going, didn't he? He, did. he kept that uh, yeah. pressing and uh, uh, high tempo game, yeah. and looked to create chances and you know uh, to try and score goals. Uh, yeah. And I think if you're going to be successful, that's what you've got to try and do. But at the same time, you've got to be able to have players. Yeah, you've got to have players who understand the game, what know what knows what to do when they haven't got the ball, and to make it difficult for the opposition. Um, and until any team gets that right there'll always be uh, ups and downs in, in, in that group of players and um, I don't know I've, I've, there's something about it what keeps telling me there's something wrong 
and it's mm. not right. And I'm not blaming the manager on this. I'm I'm, I'm blaming the Ayaraki. This the summit gone wrong. He's, he's tried to he has tried to get us into the Premier League, uh, but I don't think they've done it with really much thought because when the players are bought, they spend a lot of money on players, what what uh, maybe experienced players, but hadn't got the legs. Yep. And make not listen. On, on, on Sky Sports there and um, when you look at it and he, he said at 28, 29, 30 uh, I've lost that exceptionally pace I had to, to glide past I keep telling people same with me at 29 you're still quickish yeah without being over quick you know uh, and you, you lose that really explosive burst well, you do lose it, but you're playing against younger players and all. What I've got that pace, yeah, you know, and uh, it becomes very difficult for, for for you. Then you've got to really start to use your your loaf. And um, I think what Wednesday did went and bought uh, too many experienced players without uh, giving enough players in at 23, 24, 25. What I've got uh, the pace and the uh, know-how to work on and, and the fitness to work on the uh, pressing game. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens now till the end of the season. What is the ideal age for a player, TC? Well, if you look if you look at every football team, Gabby, yeah. and look how Liverpool drifted by the wayside, I remember the Leeds, and any really good team, what happens is this Man United team came through as a young group of players. Yep. Now, the problem is this is what makes a good manager. You've got to make tough decisions. If you let players get too old, yeah. right? Uh, because you look, you you have to replace practically nine, seven between seven and nine players yeah. at one time. And Man United has fallen by the wayside because of it. Yeah. You know, and they kept some of the players <clears throat> far too long. Leeds United did it, and when you look at all these great t- teams, Liverpool did it. Now Liverpool's got themselves back to top of the league. They have got to keep adding, like they used to do before, one player a season. Yep. At least one player a season. It may be two, maybe three, but at least one player a season. On top of that, what that does then, it makes the other players think, well, hang on a bit. Am I going to be the one next season? So I've got to make sure that I've got my A game on. I'm going to keep myself fit throughout the summer. And I want to be part of this successful club what's going to win trophies. So you've got to keep adding to the t- adding to the team. Because if you don't, you'll fall by the wayside, and it's taken Liverpool thirty years now yeah. to win a Premier League title. Now, would you? You would never have thought that when when you, when I was growing up, because you know they were the dominant team throughout the uh, old First Division, you know. And it's well, it's taken them thirty years to win a title, and Leeds United did that prior prior to prior to that. You know, Derby County were just a, the upcoming team uh, under Clough, and what I mean. Clough walked out on Derby County and the team seemed to break up. I mean, that, that could have been the team what went on for, for, 10, for 10 seasons. Yeah. But in its start, what happens is you've got to have players in your team, for me, around about the 23 to 28 years of age mark. Yeah. And then you might need one in the team in his 30s or in and around the team, what the players respect and going to look up to and take the advice on what they need to do and, you know, uh, how to advise them on and off the pitch, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's your legs what do go. Players don't like to admit in it. I mean, uh, I had to finish around about 30 with my... And I never drank and never smoked, so I was quite reasonably fit, but I got such a bad knee... Uh, with the ligament damage I did to it. And I didn't really want to play down at, at a lower level because it becomes hard. Yeah. And But then people are asking, you just try not to let people down. But players are reluctant to let it go. That, you know, and people say, well, you've got to keep playing as long as you can. But sometimes, you know, you're playing there when when a manager should be bringing another player through. And, and here's a prime example, and no disrespect to Keith Hill at... Um, and flick off at Bolton. Yeah. When you take the Bolton scenario, they're already relegated. It would have been impossible. Yeah. You know, you could have fetched a Liverpool. You know, 
even they might have not got out of it when you think about it, because with having all the points deducted what they had, and what they did to fetch the experienced players in instead of fetching yep. the younger players through or try and get players in the round about 21, 22, 23, 24, and uh, hoping you know, that they might be able to sell one of them on. And, and build up again, build the club up again from, mm. from scratch that way. They didn't, they went with the experience. And as that worked, not really. They're going to get relegated this season. Yep. And then obviously they can start again. And it will be a big club in in, in the uh, Championship 1, 2, whatever it is. Uh, so they're going to have to start again from there. I think they would have would have been better starting with a younger, when I say younger, I'm not saying 18 year olds, I'm mm. saying 24, 25, 21s, and that, what's got the energy and got the uh, the fitness levels, and I'm not talking about athletes, I'm talking about footballers being yeah. fit, looking after the bodies, not abusing the bodies, what understand the game, players in, getting a player in the team, what can run at someone, and take someone, take someone on, that then pulls up other players off of other uh, takes the defenders off a market one of your uh, attacking midfield players or, or one of your strikers because they've got to co- come and commit again to you because you've already beat one of them so they had the opportunity to do, to do that and I think it'll be even harder for them when they go into that uh, championship too but for me if you're going to build a team you've got to build a team with an age group round about 21 to 28 and couple of experience whether one's in the team or one's in and around the dressing room coming on from the bench and you know always encouraging them and helping them and, and, and trying to keep them on the right track that's what uh, I would look for if I were a manager and when when you look at the, the managers what's allowed the teams to get too old they have struggled and every one of them that's in that in that in the includes Liverpool the Man United's now what what's happened to them you know when you look at Barcelona and Real Madrid in the, in, in the Spanish leagues what they always do they always buy players they always keep buying players to keep at the top and I know it's a bit easier for them two type of teams because to get they always get the best uh, players in the in in the, in the uh, La Liga whereas in England you've got what six seven eight teams what's capable of, of pulling a couple of the big superstars in <coughs> so when you start to allow players get to get too old that's when he, I think it, become, it becomes a problem for for the manager and for the, and for the team itself Magic Moments TC what have you got for us this week what have you sourced well <sighs> I keep saying week in and week out, we do see a lot of great goals throughout throughout yeah. um, all four divisions. You know, uh, I don't see much of the conference, but you get that on the on the BT, yeah. and I would no doubt there'd be great goals in that league. But the one what you put up, this two, uh, which I find brilliant, absolutely, uh, the technical side of it, you know, the skill side of it. And both were great goals. And McDonald for for Walsall, I'm going to give that the the main one. Mm-hmm. And that uh, Mantarini is it at uh, Arsenal the other night against Chelsea? I didn't you see know, that. I was at Villa Park. Absolutely sublime goal. But the, Mac, the McDonald goal for Walsall, the trickery, the skill, uh, and the cheek, and the endeavour to go and try things like that, uh, and finish off with a great goal. But they were both great goals. But they both had great skill factors to, to, to both goals. So th- those were my two. Now, Marinelli, he's, um, he's, he's a Brazilian, isn't he? He's a young Brazilian mm-hmm. there at Arsenal. And he, I think he's scored now 10 goals for Arsenal um, in all competitions. And he's the first teenager to do so since Nicolas and Alka. It's incredible, isn't it? And yeah. having said that, it's Arsenal again. Yeah. You know, um, like I said to you a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was hoping that uh, Sheffield Wednesday would have gone for um, Arteta. Yeah. But I always knew it, in my heart it would cost too much money, you know, and he'd, he'd be lucky to to uh, start out in the Premier League. And having worked with Guardiola, you know, uh, he, he would have learnt a lot through, through Guardiola. And obviously, in Arsenal, one of the biggest clubs in the world, near mine, in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not, make no mistake, within the next couple of seasons, Arsenal... Not only uh, with Arteta, that Edu will be able to pull some of these Brazilian superstars into our league and uh, 
I think they'll be among among the Liverpools and Manchester Cities and United and Chelsea's and Tottenham's uh, again this next next couple of seasons for me, uh, Arsenal. I was listening to a piece on Talk Sport today. And uh, Tim Vickery, who's... Um, I like him, I like Yeah, I, to him. I do. Speaks very well, very yeah. intelligently. Yeah. And he was saying that there seems to be a reluctance uh, for European teams to take Brazilians that are over the age of 22, 23. And a lot of Brazilians that have been in Europe seem to be heading back to Brazil. And what the European teams do now, because they're far and away in advance as what the club sides are in, in South America, and in particular... Brazil, they're looking at the, the, the 18 or the 17 to 20 age group and taking a hit on a young Brazilian and I'm guessing that's pretty much what um, Arsenal have done with uh, Marinelli. Well, uh, I don't get that in, in, in a sense because, no, no. I mean, what, what I mean by that is mm. buying a younger player, uh, they're going to get him cheaper. Yeah. So, Right, you can't guarantee that he, you know, he's going to fulfil that potential, mm. is it? You can't guarantee that. No, you can't. Right, but I, what I think with with the Brazilians is uh, the game has changed a bit more now here in in England, but in Europe they'll always, you know, you, you Dutch, you French, uh, you you Spanish uh, will always want Brazilians because of the technical ability they have. Yeah. It's so natural. It's you know the balance of 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 the Brazilian, the Argentinian football, the South American footballer is it, it, is so natural and, and it's beautiful to watch. Well, we've always looked. Well, not always looked, but we've looked for the last twenty five, thirty years of a big, strong player uh, and try and uh, steamroller teams, yeah. you know and. Um, before Guardiola, you know, uh, come into the, you could see changing a little bit. But once Guardiola come in here, I think a lot of people wanted Guardiola to fail because of the way how we uh, turned our football around. Yeah. And it, uh, to be honest, I think it's it's embarrassing for our coaches. Uh, and 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 Klopp uh, has followed on uh, from Guardiola. When I say followed on, he's fetched his brand of football in. It's different from Guardiola's, but it's it's only a slight technical difference in it. In it. You know, it's it's his pace with with, with ability, uh, but it's the same type of pressing game as yeah. as Guardiola. You know, and these two now have have taken over the uh, mantle of of football. Even Mourinho is struggling now because when you looked at Mourinho, what he did was he bought the, the the big strong players, but the more tech technical big strong players. You know, do you know what I mean by that? Don't yeah. you? You know, the big, the big boys, but technically they were, they were the better technical players. Yeah. Now he's even finding that hard to 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 um, get hold of nowadays. And when you look at it, I mean, even Tottenham. He first went into Tottenham and they set off okay, but they fallen by the wayside. And Deli Ali was on the bench. Uh, well, he brought him off the other night, and he he were playing up. But I mean, one thing I never did was play up when I. Uh, if I got brought off, and I only got brought off, I think mm. three or four times in my in, in my whole career, it never really bothered me because at the end of the day, you're trying to win the football match. I would play up if I weren't picked. Don't get me wrong, you know, but I I would expect any player to be disappointed if they're not playing. But uh, these two have taken the game on to a, to another level, and um, I'm hoping Gerard and Lampard and Lampard. Uh, with his Chelsea team, they're a young bunch of players, and they, they want that little bit more experience, you know, uh, about them as young players. I don't mean by ex-players coming into the team, but um, for them to get, you know, games under the belt in the Premier League, get used to it, and that type of thing, yeah. and they'll be a force. So, and I, I want Lampard and Gerrard to be so successful, you know, that we we have got a national uh, English manager what could take the national team onto the next level. Yeah, I think it's healthy for uh, for you <coughs> managers that have that have quit the game. Because let's be truthful, Frank Lampard and um, and Stephen Gerrard, they're, they're not doing it for the money. They don't need the dough. They're doing it for the love of the game and and for wanting to progress in the game and to uh, to 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 install their values on football teams and make them teams better. 
Yes, uh, and, and make our make now a national game. Yeah. I mean, they've seen the played against the best in Europe and, and throughout the world, and they would have looked at it. I mean, at the same time, don't get me wrong. Um, majority of footballers missed the game. Yeah. I mean, they could have gone into into the media side of it, and that's the easy way easy way out. Uh, in a sense, because you're not going to get the abuse as uh, as managers if if you if you fail. Yeah. So they 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 have put the uh, the neck on the line, uh, and both of them have done well. Having said that, they set off at the right level of football. Yeah. Uh, Gerard up at Rangers, which is a big club, and Lampard at Derby, they didn't go and start at the bottom of the leagues. And yeah. everybody in this country seems that that's the best thing for them to do. I mean, Campbell did extremely well at uh, Macclesfield to keep them up because they were dead and buried. Yeah. You know. Uh, and if he doesn't succeed, people are going to, you know, say, well, there you go, another one what uh, makes his mouth and so-and-so, so-and-so, and uh, being a, a superstar but failed. But I don't give a damn who you are. Put Guardiola in at, uh, at that level. If they can't pull the players in, and you're never going to pull the players in at that level, <coughs> you know, uh, you will struggle. But having said that, the guy at uh, Swindon and... Um, Coming to me, it'll come to me. Richie Wellens at Swindon, yeah. Uh, the lad at uh, Plymouth, yes, Exbury guy. Coming yeah. to me, yeah. I know, I know, I know you the know. boy you mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crew, yeah. crew, all play good football at this yeah. level. And Rochdale, uh, as well. Rochdale, yeah. Rochdale. And then you hear people, the English pundits, you know, slagging them off, you know, playing that way against uh, Newcastle. Well, they've got to keep doing that way. They've got to keep playing that way because not only that, they will get better jobs because the owners uh, and the uh, chairmen and the directors of football of these football clubs, I hope, will look at it and say, right, they are trying to play uh, football, what we want to watch yeah. and what the world want to watch, you know. And we do play a, a quick game in this country, <coughs> but <coughs> we'd lost our way <laughs> with the technical side of it, you know. But now that's coming back, so... I just hope and pray that Lampard, Lampard and Gerard are really successful. Same here. My three magic moments, and I, I always pick three, was um, Wes McDonald. I thought that was a sublime mm. shot and finish. But I love this, the skill to get into that position in the first place. I mean, mm. he, he touched the ball with the inside and outside of his boots. He found that little bit half a yard, and then he's pinged the ball. He's got it up, and he's got it over, and it's oh, in, yeah. in the top corner. And I thought, tremendous. It, and it, all it, of it were meant. All, oh, all every bit of that was meant, from, yeah. from the technical side of it to the finish, to the end product of it. Yeah. 100%. Uh, a little lad, I did ask permission from his mum, who is a Facebook friend of, of ours. I mean, quite a lot of Aston Villa uh, fan groups, because I do quite a lot interviewing. I've interviewed Peter with and, and Brian Little and um, mm. and Richard that's wrote a, wrote a book recently on Villa. So I do quite a bit, and then I post all my stuff in Aston Villa, as I do with Sheffield Wednesday with you, and as mm. I do with Stoke City and Chelsea um, with Hoodie. So yeah. I, I did ask permission, and it is on the <coughs> current view. It's a little lad Harry Wright and um, I was watching his training clip and I, I did hit her up and say is that your boy that number four and she said yes it is and I said do you mind if I, I talk about him and she said no please be my guest well it's a little training session and you can see that that the uh, the coaches has, has stopped play and uh, the boys are just you know the, then he's gone, right, start. And the kid, you can see the brain working. The kid's gone to life. So he's, he's backtracking. He's watching his marker. The ball's coming to him. Great feet, good feet. Touch the ball out to his pal. He's moved then to get the ball. He's knocked it back to uh, to his defender outside of his boot. His spatial awareness then, instead of like lots of kids, and this kid's only seven, go into and get sucked into where the ball is, he stayed out with um, finding that little bit of space. And then he's just looped a ball over to his pal who's knocked it in with his head. And I thought, for a seven-year-old kid, that is one of my magic moments of the week. I'm having that. Well, that's that's what you call a natural talent. Exactly. And yeah. you, I mean, at that age, they've got to let these kids just play. Yeah. and let, let them run with the ball. Let the defenders run with the ball. Yeah. Because it's, it's giving them that technical ability. They have that confidence to be able to do these things. The kids don't want to go and enjoy it. They don't want to be stopped from doing and trying tricks and things in games. Yeah. They want to, at that age, they want to enjoy it. 
And uh, I hope the coaches are allowing them, encouraging them to go and play and, 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 and go and enjoy yourself. Because at 14 and 15, then you can start to organise it. 100%. You know, and so I hope the kid uh, goes on to have a successful career, becomes a superstar. Because when you see that, Gabby, you can always see straight away. Oh. When, somebody, when someone passes to him, yeah. you know, the touch is out of the feet straight away. Mm-hmm. They can use inside or outside of the foot. You know, they will create space even at that level. They will create they will create space for themselves. And and the the the, the scouts what are there, they'll look at it and think, natural football. Yeah. You know. So I hope he keeps uh, carrying on with it. I hope he gets the encouragement and I hope he gets all the support from his parents and taking him all all over the place like all these parents do. And uh, I hope he, he I hope he becomes as successful as uh, Jack Grealish has done at Aston Villa. Well, strangely enough, my other magic moment is about Jack Grealish of Aston Villa. And it was the goal, the sublime goal that he scored uh, on Saturday against Brighton that got Villa a 1-1 draw. And in the football forecast, there is none this week because it's the FA Cup and most of our uh, teams are knocked out. But we, uh, we, we, we drew this week because you predicted a 1-1 and you got it correct at, um, at Brighton with Villa. I predicted a narrow win for Villa because I think with Jack in the team, he offers you that that little bit more and can can do anything at any time and he's a match winner. You you don't understand because he's he's always capable yeah. of making one, yeah. scoring one, yeah. or causing the opposition problems. And the goal he scored, if you watch if you watch it right, tremendous. He let that ball run across his body yep. and away from the Brighton defender. Yep. With a sublime touch and a finish, which was second to none. And when people, you know, when people watch that, sometimes they don't appreciate that skill. And I know as a professional footballer, really, you shouldn't have a a good foot and and a bad foot. You know, I get all that, especially at the higher level that you play and an international player. I don't think you should. But it was on what is perceived Jack's weaker side. And he's just let that and to hit that ball the way that he did and put it where it that that is a skill in itself. And that was my top magic moment this week. Gabby, you saw more than me. I mean, you obviously you see him a lot more than I do. Yeah. Uh, you uh, rant and rave about, about much more than I do. I mean, I t- when I see something, I say it straight away, and then I look for something else mm-hmm. because I've always got in my, I've always got that in my mind, and I've, I've put it out there for the public. Yeah. But whatever he's done is prove you're right. Yeah. And all those people, were, you know, were trying to laugh at you, and uh, I had one or two out to go at me. Then it's worth it, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You you stick your neck out and you said this kid's yeah. a player. Yeah. You know. Uh, and you say it before everybody else says it. Yeah. And it's proved you're right. Uh, it's proved everything about him uh, that you've said uh, have come off. Um, when you look at him now, he's scoring goals. That's making him put in the headlines a little bit more. And if you analyse all of his game, and I've, I've said it to you when we've talked about it, he has something that other people haven't got. And yes, he can run, yes, he can run with the ball. It's composure. Yeah. And when you look at all great players, they've got composure. They don't panic. They don't want... They don't, it's very rare they give the ball away. Yeah. Right? But when he gives that away, the pundits, right, will want to blame him. Mm. Right? But the IE goes and plays for the club. They'll all, then, then, then they'll all stop saying, talking about that type of thing. You know, because at the end of the day, it's easy to go play for Liverpool. And it's easier to play for the Manchester City than it is a, an Aston Villa. And Villa's a good club. It's a big club. It's won European Cups. It's won Championships. It's won FA Cups. It's won League Cups. You know, but it's having a, a sticky time at this moment in time. When you're at top of the league and playing with the best players, what give you the good balls and, and everything else, what goes with it, uh, the comfort, what goes with that, it becomes easier. And he'll be, he would be a superstar in a Liverpool in a Manchester City team. Without any doubt, hundred percent. I mean, I, I went down to Villa. I took. Um, did I, I go with me? My stepson Tom. He's a season ticket holder, so um, we get the train. We took little Ruby. It was her first game. It was quite funny as we was walking down Trinity Road. There's the FA Cup and the European Cup. And she said, "What's them, Dad?" I said, "The European Cup and the FA Cup." And then we've walked another hundred yards, and blow me, there's another European Cup and an FA Cup. So, so they they must have loads of them down at Villa Park. <laughs> I was thinking, can you borrow us a couple at St Andrews? But, but they. But they have won a lot. 
won loads of trophies as oh, Aston Villa. Massive, massive club. Yeah. Like I've always maintained, I don't think people realise how big Aston Villa are. And I know that I get daily abuse from Blue supporters for saying that, but it is the truth. But you see, what what it is is you'll get some reporters and people like Adrian Durham. You know, I mean, he does know his football, but he'll go on. You know, mm. what is a big club? They're not a big club. They're not a big club because they haven't won trophies. You know, if if Aston Villa were winning trophies, there'd be sixty, seventy thousand people every week at Villa Park. Yeah. Because you know what they would do? They'd ex- ex- extend the ground. Yeah. It used to get it, but when it used to be an all-seater stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a massive club. You know, what's not won trophies for years. And, yeah. you know, you, it's like Michael, Sheffield Wednesday, you put them amongst the elite yeah. winning trophies, you know, and you're going to get a full house every week yeah. because it's it, the big clubs or big supporter clubs. <coughs> and, I mean, you get um, Newcastle getting that kind of support week in and week out, but the one city teams. Yep, it's different. And yeah, Birmingham's different. not, Sheffield's yeah. not. Yeah. There's two big, two big teams in that city. Mm. You know, Birmingham's our uh, second biggest city. Yeah. So, I mean, that's got five or six teams in, in, in that. It's got more, but I mean, it's got four or five, six teams, what, what's a good size football clubs. Yeah. So they're pulling, you know, they're pulling fans from, from your Villas, from, from your Birmingham's. But you see, Wolves are, are, are 35,000 people. Yeah. West Brom's always got 25, 35,000 fans. Mm. You know, so it's, it's, it's a good football in, in area. But Villa is the biggest one among uh, among the uh, the Birmingham teams throughout my footballing career as a young lad, and even now, do you know what I mean? So hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, it's not even it's not even up for debate. Now I'm a you know I'm a I'm a Birmingham City supporter. I was in the Aston Social Club. I was talking. I, I said I'm here for one reason to watch Jack Grealish. I think mm. the kid is an amazing talent, and his range of passing. Some of the passes that Jack does. I have never, I've never seen any player pass the ball like he passes the ball. You know, I went to, I, I go to watch him, I look at what he does. He is the big, and, and this is why I personally hope that Jack stays, because I, I used to manage kids' football teams in Birmingham and in Central Warwick's, and, and I think that having players like Jack Grealish and kids watching him at Aston Villa, and the same at Birmingham with Jude Bellingham, I'm hoping that Jude Bellingham stays at Birmingham City. He's it, going, it, by the way. Well, he will do, yeah. But it, they, they inspire kids to pick up a football, put on <coughs> the boot and try and emulate. And It's not it's, it's not for them to stay there, Gabby. It is, oh, no, it's, it's for the clubs. Yeah, it's for the it clubs. Of course it is. To, to build teams and make the Oh, 100%. A team, a successful team. Yeah. Because Jack has to go and he's got to go and win a World Cup. Yeah, of course he has. So he's got to go and play yeah. with a bigger team. Mm-hmm. And, and then the young lad at Birmingham you just mentioned. What I mean, I'm going to have a little go at you. What did you say to me when they played Portsmouth? We shouldn't be playing all these kids and so on. What did I say to you? There's nope. some very, very yeah. talented players here. And I'll tell you what, that boy, you can't keep him. You cannot keep him. Oh, His career. His career's got to go on. Uh, oh, all, all football players have. And since I've been working yeah. with you and Udi and, and former players, that's what players have to do. It's a short career and you have to go and progress and be as big and as good as what you possibly can. And that when means playing that, at bigger clubs. When you're that good, yeah. Gabby, and like I said, Birmingham's a big team and, and the Villa's a big team, but you've got to be winning the trophies. Yeah. And, and, and the people that are talking about Grealish and Billingham and all these players for years to come mm-hmm. and they're only going to do that they'll only do that worldwide if they play at the highest level that's what let myself down going playing in third division with Sheffield Wednesday yeah. I shouldn't have done it mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done it I should have played at uh, Southampton and then moved on to a bigger club yep. uh, by doing it in the. I mean I was just starting to do it again in the first division like I was at Forest after the injury so them boys, it'll be spoke about at Birmingham and, and uh, Villa for years and for every day more. But for, to, to, to be known for throughout the rest of the world and throughout, you know, Britain, they have to go and play and win trophies. And I'm sorry to Villa fans and Birmingham fans, and I hope they, you understand what I'm trying to say is that I'm not trying to sell them. It's it's for the careers and for, uh, for them to win major trophies. They have to do that because the teams are not, they're not capable of winning trophies. And, 
No, 100%. Uh, did you see the, the disallowed Birmingham City goal, by the way? I, I posted it up and, yeah, and yeah. linked you in. What was your your thoughts on that before we go behind the lens and talk but, about but, one of your pictures? But, 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 you know, what difference does it... I mean, all it does is frustrate us, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. When, yeah, you, look at, when, you, look, when you look at any of these goals... Mm. You know, I'm not a Sheffield United fan. How they can disallow that goal at um, Tottenham, mm. it's, it's, it's ludicrous. You know... I, it, it, it's so, I thought that this would have come in for the right reasons. You know, the goal things and uh, proper fouls. I mean, I was watching Northampton last night and um, Swindon. Yeah. It's a blatant push. They give a penalty. Two players get sent off because of the right punch up afterwards. But going back to the Birmingham one, well, you, what, what can you say about it? Well, it, it's just stupid, isn't it? It Completely is, stupid. And it wasn't even VAR because you don't have VAR in the championship. No, no. I mean, the first infringement with Pedersen when he went in on, on that boy, the number seven, he kind of looked as though he'd scissored him. And the referee was looking straight at it. It looked like a foul. I was expecting the ref to blow up, but he didn't. So the referee didn't give the foul. He had a good look at it because he was looking straight yeah. at it. After that, you run the play on. That's a goal all day long. You can't, yeah. you can't. At what stage then does the referee decide to blow his whistle? And it was very similar, although very different, to uh, to Jack Grealish at Crystal Palace when he was falling over because he yeah. was kicked. <laughs> he passed the ball. The Villa players... And then they booked him. Yeah, but they booked him on top of that. Oh, exactly, I know. And you just look at some of these referees. And this doesn't need VAR. It's simple refereeing. When you see it. It's incredibly when stupid. When you see it. So when you look at these, when you look at some of these decisions, what yeah. these uh, these uh, expertise are giving on that Feasley Park, watching these games and relating it back to the referee, mm-hmm. what what are they watching? I because they no must idea. be watching. I mean, there's, there's thousands and millions of fans agreeing yeah. with each other, mm-hmm. yet they're giving going totally opposite to what everybody everybody else thinks. So it is crazy and we can go on about it and at the end of the day it's finished at one one with a with a, with the team getting robbed of a goal which you shouldn't have done. Yeah. And VAR nowhere to be seen with that yeah. incident. Just the stupidity the stupidity of a match official and it caused it, it caused an absolute brawl in the dugout. And it, exactly. And you, exactly. You, you just, oh my God, there there you go. Beyond the lens, I picked the um the picture of you against a Crystal Palace defender. Looked like probably 80, 81 season for Sheffield. Wednesday. I think that player is, and somebody, somebody will. Uh, yeah, I don't know who he is. Put us right. Somebody will put us right. I think that's David Swindler, the striker. Okay. I, that's who I think it is. Yeah. All right, but I was wrong on that Chelsea play, if you remember, because I thought that was always Ray Wilkins at Bumstead. Yeah. But I definitely think that is Dave Swindler. That. And what was the story what behind it? What What happened in the game? Can you remember the game? Well, either one of us, one of us is back defending. Yeah. One of us is back defending, and um, and it looks as though it may have been me because I'm challenging him. Yeah. For the ball, you know, um, both going in. Well, he must have had the ball, and I've gone and uh, trying uh, challenge challenging him to, to try and win the ball back. Um, but looking at the pitch, it's a it's a great caption of us both, isn't it? In, it is, yeah. in, in, in full flight. Yeah. So that's what I think that is, you know. Uh, and it's me trying to win the ball back from him, defending uh, in our half. I don't know whether it's at Crystal Palace or it's no, it's got to be away because that's a away strip. It must have been at Hillsborough. Must have been at Hillsborough because that's Crystal Palace away strip, isn't it? They used to wear that, I think, home and away in them days, didn't they? In the yeah. early eighties, yeah, it was quite an iconic Crystal Palace shirt. Yeah, if I like. I always like. Right. I've always liked Crystal Palace shirts. Always. I like. I mean, even this, Bar- even this Barcelona shirt. Yes. Yeah. The atmosphere there, you know, yeah. was terrific. You're glad all over. When you play there, yeah, but even before that, yeah. when you play the Crystal Palace, the atmosphere is one of those grounds where West Ham, what same? Yeah. West Brom's another one. You know. Uh, Great, because they're not big stadiums, you yeah. know. It's the the the, play, the the fans are on top of you, so the atmosphere is is terrific. But uh, I've always liked Crystal Palace. Well, I don't dislike 
football football teams. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got a slight bit of a cold. Yeah, you sound it. Um, the Wimbledon, uh, and it's not Wimbledon I didn't like it with the thuggery of the of the players, and and then everybody seemed to agree with them. There was all right because you know they're stopping people where they come from, and they get that. At the mm. end of the day, that's not that's not the beautiful game. No, it's not. You know, foul fun, but somebody by all means, but uh, not brutally like like they did. So that's that's that that's uh, the photograph. That is Crystal Palace, and it, I'm I'm ninety nine point nine percent. That's David Swindlers. And at the same time, by the way, I'll give you some news. I'm not going to give it, but I've applied for that Eriffit job. Okay, have you? Blow me. Yes, I have. Good. I have. I thought, well, I'll show people how good I can be as a manager. I wish I was the owner of Eriffit because you, you'd have the job. And well, let me tell you something. I'd get him back into football league. I, I, remember I, you when I, when I remember when I first met Brian Clough with the chairman, Brian Appleby, and uh, Alan Hill. And the gaffer said to me, and uh, I'd been tapped up for six months, so I knew I was going to sign for them. Like, how you? Uh, I could have gone to Tottenham, Sheffield United, and, and Everton. So I knew I would go in there. And the manager, uh, Clough, said to me, sign there, young man. And I said to him, I'm not signing anywhere until I know I'm playing on Saturday. And they were playing Rotherham that night. They were playing Rotherham that night in the League Cup game. And he, and he looked at me and he laughed. He said, young man, you are playing. Anyway, I'd signed, uh, stopped down that night because they, they were playing Rotherham. They beat him either 5 0 5 1, I'm not quite sure. Took me straight into the dressing room afterwards, take me over to Martin O'Neill, who had a magnificent game and the team played really, really well. Right? He took me over to Martin. He said, young man, I've just signed our uh, new player here. He's taking your place on Saturday. He's playing Notts County. And we played Notts County. We got beat 1-0. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but I've, I've got that confidence because I know yeah. what I want in life when I'm, when, when I'm playing football. I'm not going to get it. I know I'm not going to get it, but uh, I've applied for it. But they'll keep, they'll keep giving the same type of people the job. I would 100% give you the job. I think well, you're wasted not being been, involved in football. They've been such as 110%. They've been such as 120%. They've been such as 1,000%. Yeah. But that would give me 20, 20 million percent that I would be successful there. Because mm. I, I, I would believe in myself. Yeah, I know. And I, I would put bums on seats. Yeah. I would play attractive football. And I would play defensive football when I had to play defensive football. Mm-hmm. But it would be defensive knowing that when we haven't got the ball, is to defend properly. I'd love you to get back into football. I'd lo- if you if you managed it, I would be there at your first game to watch you play. Yeah, I would do. Yeah. I, listen, 100%. I think there's plenty. There's plenty of people would come. I guarantee you. I know I because I get I get lots of people say to me, yeah. "I wish you were a manager because I'd want to watch how your team would yeah. play." And and would I'd help you on the Facebook and all the rest of it, and you know, put up your team and stuff and help you in any way that you wanted me to help you. I, I 100% believe in you, TC. 100%. I don't know why these chairmen don't. Frightened, you know, you? Maybe maybe that, that that's it because if, every team I play for had success. Yeah. Every team I play for had success. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, thought I, throw that, I thought I'd throw that into you. Five well, full backs. Watch this space. We need to get TC a managerial job in football because it's not even could TC do it. I know 100% you would be successful as a manager. I know that. Well, we'll have to watch this space and you see what happens. Yeah. Five of the best full backs in right. the 1970s, which, to be fair, you should know all about these because you played against most of them and run them. Well, I'm going to give you three great. Great, great fullbacks. Go on. Right. David Nish, Leicester. Yes. yes. Terry Cooper at Leeds. Yeah. And these are all players I've played against. Yeah. Um, Kenny Sansom, Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, Devic Statham at West Brom. Yep. And Viv Anderson at Notts Forest. Yeah. Got so many, but I played, uh, you know, I played against Viv at uh, other clubs, but I played against Forest at uh, I think it it was still at Forest when I was at Everton, it might have left by there, but I played against Viv, so that was my five. And again, there's many more I could mention, you know, uh, Keith New, what won, got to the quarterfinals of the World Cup, went from Burnley to to, to Everton. I could go on about 
fullbacks, but them's my five. Who was the most difficult fullback that you found playing against? I'm not being a big head. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you, you played against Ansem, I found it easy. Yeah. I played against saying I found them easy, the, the, the better ones, because they excited you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's when it's when you're playing against the ordinary ones, right? And you think you've gone one way, and they'd like half fall and seem to stick the leg out and catch the ball. Yeah. So uh, they're all great players. They were great players to play against, and they were great, you know, and all had great careers. But I didn't, I didn't find them hard to play against them yeah. because they were good players weren't bothered because they wanted to bomb forward yeah. but then they realised hang on a bit <laughs> this kid is going to keep coming running at us because what they would try and do is push me to defend yeah. and I would push them to, to, to defend right whereas when you're playing against the ordinary player they won't go forward as much they just want to defend yeah. so I didn't find it hard playing against them but they were great players my five are um, Kenny Sanson as yep. you picked, because when he went to Arsenal, I think he was 1980, so Arsenal years were pretty much the 80s, but he spent, I think, from 75 to 80 at Crystal Palace. Well, we spoke about this not long ago. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal signed Clive Allen. Yes, they did, yeah. And he didn't play a game. No. Well, not a league game for them. Mm. Uh, and they wanted um, Kenny Sansom, and he went in part exchange yeah. with Clive Allen. And that's when he went. Oh, that's when he went to Arsenal with a part exchange for, um, and I'm not quite sure with a little bit bit of money because Alan, uh, Clive Allen went for over a million quid, one point one million to, to to Arsenal, and and uh, the manager. I don't know who the manager was at the time, but one. Uh, was it? Um, George Graham. No, can't have been George Graham. Was it Terry Terry Neal? You know, do you know, it probably would have been because in 78, Udi went on the run. I mean, he didn't get on with Terry Neal. He's got no time for Terry Neal. Although he, he likes him as a person, but yeah. but as a manager, you know, football he didn't ideas, get on. And, and yeah. that's what it is. It's not that I don't dislike yeah. some managers. Exactly. It's, just, it's the football, what they want to play football yeah. and how you play football. But people, just people, the nice people, majority of them are. Yeah. And Udi, when he went to Arsenal, I mean, he said he never had a medical to go to Arsenal from Stoke. Had he had a medical, he'd have failed it because he won't fit. And that was the problem, that when Alan Hudson went to Arsenal, he wasn't fit and he was trying to get fit. He, it just didn't quite happen. But, you know, lots and so many Arsenal fans have so many fond memories of Alan Hudson and still say to this day, one of the greatest players ever to wear an Arsenal kit. And, um, you know... You can't take ability away exactly. from you. But once you, once, you, once you have problems with injuries and, yeah. and what have you, and if a manager doesn't like you... Mm. They can make, they do make it, and I'm not having a go at managers. No, they do make it difficult yet. for players. Yeah, Paul, they do, and I'm not I'm not being horrible to them. Mm. And, and people always say to me, "What makes Cluffy stand out from the rest?" I'll tell you the true story. This yeah. is the true story. Remember when saying to Martin O'Neill, "Young man, I don't like you, but but you can play, so I'll pick you." You know, and that's what Cluffy's strength, one of his strengths was more than that. You know, if he didn't like somebody, and he didn't, when I said didn't like, uh, Martin would question him because he, he was an intellectual Martin, but he never held a grudge. Some managers are old grudges because uh, you bet them that what they were as players, but Cluffy was a great player. Yeah. You know, and Terry Neal was just an ordinary player. Having trying to teach Alan Hudson how to play, and you question him, and that's that's the reason why. And I'm not having to stick it up for players. I'm not because I know what it's like, and I, I try to be fair. Me, I try to be fair and balanced for managers and for players. And then he sent uh, uh, Al Udi and uh, Malcolm Supermac home from uh, from a tour of Australia and Singapore. I mean, people will look at it and think, "Well, uh, you're you're too wood." No, you would build a team around Alan Hudson. <laughs> you were that good. Yeah. And we would build Moore. a team around Tony Curry. Yeah. You're that good. Yeah. They can create goals. They can score goals. They can set that place alight. Mm -hmm. You know, but some managers just don't like that type of player and they can make it difficult for them. They fear that kind of player. I think when that manager hasn't got that ability, <coughs> I, th I think that when that player questions certain things, like Borley did with the training, next thing you know, Borley was sold, Nudson was bought in. Yeah. You know, well, you question it. What do you do? You question the training, yeah. right? Because you look at the training and think, well, yeah. what's this about? Exactly. You know, and I love training. But what it is, 
the player is that good. The fans like that player. The yeah. managers don't like it. And the manager is fearful of the opposition. Yeah. Whereas Hudson and Curry and them Stamble, they wouldn't fear Liverpool. They would not fear Arsenal. No. They would not fear Chelsea. They would not feel fear Brazil. Mm. Right? With the manager, you know, uh, this full back is so and so, this so and so is when you play against certain listen, I played I played at Huddersfield Town and we're playing up at Carlisle, right? And and Mick Bucks went on for twenty minutes talking about this team. Yeah. Right. And you can ask any player in the dressing room, the manager will turn around and say, uh, has anyone got out to say? Well, Lee went on like for 20 minutes about his striker at Carlisle and his fullback at Carlisle and so and so and so and so. And afterwards, when he said that, he said, uh, has anyone got out to say? I said, yeah, boss, I have. He said, what, Terry? I said, who are we playing? And he looked at me. I said, are you being serious? I said, no. He said, what do you mean, no? I said, of course I'm being serious. He said, we're playing Carlisle, aren't we? I said, no, I thought we were playing Brazil. Where are you going on about them? But, I mean, all the lads started laughing in the dressing room. Yeah. They did. But what I'm trying to say is, they meant it. Yeah. And, you know, some players become fearful and try things because they don't want to make a mistake. Yep. Or they don't want to be out at team. Whereas Hudson and, Bo and the Borley, and, I mean, Borley went and won everything. But, I mean... Paulie didn't get it as much as what Stan Bowles got it and Curry got it and, 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 and Hudson got it because yeah. of their natural talent. Yeah. You know, uh, but they were fearful and they tell the manager, we, why should we be fearful of them? And, and that's why that's why they wouldn't pick them and that's why they got rid of them. Absolutely. Number two in my uh, pick of the best of the five fullbacks of the 1970s is uh, Mark Dennis. Old, Birmingham, old Birmingham City fullback who went on to uh, play with Borley at uh, at Southampton. By the way, he was one dirty player, oh, was and he was a, and he, a good player. Yeah, very, a player. very, very good player. But I gave him a couple of chasings, and that's what I'm saying. The the ones what were good players. Yeah, I found it easy. When I say easy, I don't get me wrong. You know, they would look at me and think, I can't believe him. I've just kicked him because in my day, you kicked a winger. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And then they, that was it, they're off at pitch, yeah. or they were out at game for the rest of the game. Mm. Whereas me, I'd take them back on, yeah. you know. Uh, but another great player, absolutely great player. I mean, I played, against you... my, I played against Market uh, in the semi final at uh, FA yes, Cup. Yeah, he did, and Frank. And, and at uh, Birmingham. Yeah. When he was at Birmingham. But um, yeah, you and Mike Summerby, probably the hardest wingers. That, uh, that that was in the game in the sixties, yeah. seventies, and eighties. Same with Summer, but you kick him, he kick you back, and he fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, third one is uh, Viv Anderson. Yeah. Tremendous, uh, tremendous fullback, uh, Viv Anderson. Um, Derek Statham. Well, well, I played with I played with Viv at Forest, as you know. I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a great understanding. Mm. Yeah. Statham, great player. If it weren't for, it's like it's like Shilton and and, and um, yeah, Clemens. Yeah. And Statham, what as good as uh, Kenny Sampson. I mean, I love Kenny Sampson. Mm. I love Kenny Sampson as a player. But Statham was as good as. It's just that the manager, who a national manager, yeah. picked Kenny Sampson, just thought he was a better player. And that's what it is. Opinions, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, them, them three, them three left backs, Sanson, Den Dennis, and, and Statham, absolutely top draw, and that would walk into any Premier League team. Yes, today, yeah. and the same as Viv, there as uh, as right back at Forest. Didn't didn't he go on to play at Manchester United as well? Does my Viv, serves me right? Viv went to from there to Arsenal. Okay. And then from Arsenal to Manchester United. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought he played for United. And my, my fifth... And then he went to Sheffield Wednesday and played there, I think. Oh, OK. And then became Barnes' player-manager. Oh, right. I think. Something like that. John but Gidman. I'm only guessing. John oh, Gidman great player, is my great yeah, player, last, last choice. Yeah. Uh, Everton, Man United, Aston Villa, Giddy. Yeah. And, great and, player. And again, and another fullback that would walk into any, any Premier League team today. Great character. He's, like, he's living out in Spain now, Giddy, I think. Is it really? Yeah. Big mate of Brian Littles. And, um, yeah. They, had a, again, had a great team in the, in them days and, and a great player. Random question. Was she really working as a waitress in a cocktail bar? Yeah. <laughs> Was she really? Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's get off of them. 
Well, I, I, I've got all the women listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where's your cup of tea anyhow, mate? You usually have a cup of tea brought up to you. Well, I'm not up at Janet's tonight. Oh, okay. Well, that's difficult then. So um, I'm else she'd have brought me a cup of tea. She's got a brother stopping with her who's uh, had a. Um, he was supposed to win an holiday, and then he collapsed. Be sexist. Yeah. Uh, so he's stopping up at Janet's and with his wife. So she's looking after them. So Ooh, I don't mind. I don't mind uh, not making me a cup of tea tonight. Yeah, well, wish wish them all the best and uh, and a speedy recovery. And unbelievably, TC, we've done an hour. Now my missus has said, you know, it is yeah, I know. I thought we haven't spoke about what you wanted to ask me tonight. Because... <laughs> no, we've covered pretty much everything. I like... bloody hate. I know. I can't believe it. I know. Well, what you're going to believe in a minute is my missus is going to put the vacuum cleaner on because she says I'm giving you an hour, an hour, and if you haven't. Finish your podcast <laughs> by an hour. The vacuum cleaner's going, going on. on, and she come up after forty minutes and stared at me. And I said, "Bab, I've still got twenty left, so you know you'll have to wait a bit." Well, apologise to her because it's me what it goes on because I, I never shut up, as you know I don't. Well, it's a it's a magic hour. I I love the hour. I love it and all. Yeah, it goes that quick. You you still are nine eleven nine ahead on the football forecast. I didn't do one midweek this week because I was just so busy and it, it's having time and stuff. So you you get to pick the music once again because you are ahead. So have, I, have, have I done us? have I done the elbow one? Yeah, you've done elbow. I've done that. Well, I'm going to do yeah. uh, Oasis. Don't look back in anger. All right, with great song. You've got, I tell you what, you have got some great music taste too, so you're very eclectic as well. Listen, I love, I love Andrew, and uh, Andrew Balicelli, I love all different yep. types of music. The only one, and I love some rap, I don't like it all, but I like yep. some rap. The only one what I've never really got into was heavy metal. Yes, same. Uh, the closest I ever got to that was uh, Bon Jovi. Bit of soft rock, yeah. I can, yeah, I can stomach Bon Jovi. Kenny, yeah. a bit, Kenny, a bit is into a bit of heavy metal, is he? Yeah, you would I would have thought of that. I would have no, thought I, that. I wouldn't have neither, to be fair. But he, you know, he he owned up to liking a bit of kind of like heavy rock and metal, mm. and uh, he, he uh, reminisced about being in Andy Gray's car coming out of the train in the one day, and the police pulled him over, and they got the windows down, blasting bad out of out of Andy Gray's car. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Also, I mean, uh, I mean, I like uh, Neil Diamond and me, yeah. Angie, and uh, and Reedy did the same thing in uh, coming out of Belfield, you know. But I think the police only pulled us up because he knew we were Everton players <laughs> and to get us autographs. You know what I mean? But we we had the windows down, blasting because Reedy loved. Uh, I mean, he loved uh, Willie Nelson. Yeah, but uh, Angie and that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Inge liked uh, Neil Diamond. Both like Neil Diamond. We had that belting out one day. Police pulled us over, uh, checking ch- checking car over. Then he said, uh, "Can I have your autographs, lads?" So I think that's why they do his half at time. <laughs> and what was the Neil Diamond track that was blasting out of the windows? I tell you what, it was "Tweet Caroline." <laughs> it's a great song, isn't it? Sweet Caroline it was. And when the 95th minute winner went into the back of the net yesterday via Mings from Conza, Sweet Caroline was blasting round at Villa Park because that's what they play, I.O. Silver Line. They'll stay up. They'll stay up. Yeah, I think they will. They'll they'll have enough. Now, I I do think they have to keep Jack Grealish this transfer window. 100%. You know, with with them, they'll definitely stay up, I think. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Jack Grealish. I'd be surprised if Jack went in January. It wouldn't surprise anyway, me. Anyway, we better finish this, else you're going to be in trouble with your missus. To be fair, the vacuum hasn't gone on yet, but give it give it a minute, and I think it will do. So we are going to go next out. week. Next week, take the fuse out. <laughs> out of <the> plug. <laughs> 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 so we're going to go out. We don't look back in anger. Uh, by Oasis, thanks TC for uh, for your, for your company again tonight. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, check out our, our group, the Current View, or TC's official page, and your Facebook and your Twitter. Uh, everything from the show is on there, and so much more. And all the best to uh, to, to the family. And uh, your but out, young jock. Finally, how did he get on this week? Is he back well, on the pitch? He's back. It's back training now. Uh, his, his loan's finished as as today. Yeah. Uh, they've told him that. Um, they've told him that. Um, 
is stopping there uh, until all the injuries and they're going to send him back out on loan. Okay. What I've said to him now, what is for you now to, to start playing the ball forward and creating chances and looking for them to to, to open the game up and, and, and make him force, force the manager to, to, to get you into that squad now. Yeah. Top man. So good luck, everyone. Have a great weekend, you and your family. Uh, and whatever match you're at this weekend, I hope it's a good game for you. Speak to you next week, pal. Good pal. See you later. Cheers, Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Slip inside the eye of your mind. Don't you know you might find a better place to play? of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.